What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Clubhouse Podcast. This is episode number 15. And before we introduce our special guest, don't forget to like, comment, and share the Clubhouse Podcast to your friends and family. Check us out on Instagram at theclubhouse.podcast. Check out our Facebook for updates and exclusive clips. And don't forget to share our Spotify to your friends and family. But before we begin, my name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. So like what Miguel said, we have a very special guest today. Miguel and I actually interned for her company during the pandemic. So she started working for Ayala Land at the age of 23, fresh out of college. She achieved senior sales manager status in Ayala Land Premier. And she is currently the present owner of Goodman Prime Properties Corporation. Everybody, please welcome Kim Gatdula Prado. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kim. Hi. Wow, that sounded so good when you guys were talking about <laughs> my credentials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thank wow. you so much for being here, Kim. You're welcome. It's my pleasure, yeah. of course. You guys are like family already. Even if you just yeah. worked for Goodman for like months, right? A couple yeah. of months or even more than that. Of course, of course. I'm yeah. happy to do this for you. So how have you been, Kim, you know, since the pandemic? Maybe when it comes to real estate, how has that been like for you and your company? Well, you know, 2020 for us was such a surprise because we really accepted it before. Like, okay, guys, I think we kind of need to fly low. Mainly because I'm a mom too and I handle a household and there are a lot of things in my mind also aside from my work. So at that time, we were just really riding through the waves and... hoping and praying that whatever we get is like more than enough to keep the company running. Because uh, last year, we opened up our new company because we bought our own office in BGC. So we were ready to take in the year. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic happened, right? And like, I've been through economic crises during, well, during my time, but that's not as bad as the pandemic. So we really didn't know how to react. Not until two months after, like when the pandemic started and... It's so good that clients continued to reach out to us looking for real estate. And, but instead of investments, they were the ones who are looking for bigger houses, farm lots, uh, beach houses, beach lots. You know, the interest has shifted. And all the more that I really thank God that this is the industry that I chose. Because I always tell my team, in real estate, like the earth is our um, product. Like, you know, until there is land or until there are projects or there are developers that are developing communities, we have something to offer to our clients. And it's just really a matter of knowing what the market needs and then being the experts in providing that. So that's what we do during the rest of 2020. We just kept on looking for properties very, very outside of our comfort zone. Um I mentioned to you guys that we were really specialized in Ayala properties, right? In Ayala land properties and usually pre-selling. Um, but the pandemic taught us to really make sure and ask our clients what they need and roll out um, pandemic-friendly uh, work, I guess, um, like how we cater to our clients during the pandemic and then really gave them properties that they could choose from. So it's good. 2021 is just really like an overflow of 2020. We now know how to move better. All, all of our employees have really 
I guess adapted just like you guys in school too. So it's not a, we're not in survival mode anymore. We're actually on that great harvesting mode. We're so happy that we're in this industry and we were able to come about 2020 so well because what el- what year is harder than 2020 right so if you come yeah. if you come out stronger after 2020 like you feel like you're so wow i'm i'm resilient i can do this let's do this for 2021 so yeah it's been it's been very well that's yeah. good it's actually kind of interesting to think that you know it's a pandemic everyone's you know staying at home until it, it's necessary for them to go out but then you still had a lot of clients, like what you said, who were still looking for land. Is this because that people saw the need for buying more land? Or what do you think was the reason for that? The first few months, um, people were in panic mode. But then when the pandemic started to lengthen, like we weren't, we weren't looking at a quarter or just like maybe six months in the pandemic. We were seeing a year or worse, even two maybe even three years so the clients who are cooped up in condominiums uh, most especially the ones who are renting or the ones who have been really taking their time in moving out of their homes because they were busy with their normal stuff before had the time to really sit down with their family and said okay i think now is the time for us to expand because this is too small already for our home because all families have that like you aspire to move somewhere or to live somewhere but you don't have the time. Pandemic gave us the time. So these people, our clients, wanted open spaces. They wanted air. They wanted quality time with their family. And you can't do that and have a vacation because that's usually our band-aid before. People would just go on vacation, they'd leave the country, get that fresh air, and then come back to their usual lives. But here, how real estate was able to come up with something so good for them is that we're able to provide them new homes. Uh, and we're not just talking about high-end homes, huh? We're talking about even in the same village, just looking for a bigger house, even if it's like a mid-end village, or even like a simple beach house, ranging from the 3 million or even the 5 million, all the way to the hundreds of millions. So yeah, um, that wasn't our forte before. We weren't really focusing on provincial land or even beach properties, but that was the real boom last year. And until now, clients are still looking for more and more properties where they could expand and really enjoy life. That's something that the pandemic has really taught us. You you mentioned a lot about you know uh, your customers. So I'd like to ask you, how important is it to be you know really close to your customers and know what they need and want? Well, you know, for a lot of people, because my background, my background before, I started as a salesperson. So after college, Ayala was my first job. It was my first call for interview, you know. Wow. And yeah, it was my first call. I was I wanted to be a news reporter before. Well, you know, we all aspire to be like on TV or something. I wanted to be a newscaster or reporter. And I was waiting for a certain company to call me up. And Ayala Land was the one who called me. It was actually Community Innovations at that time. It was Alveon. It's Alveon now. Um, they called me up. I showed up. And that year, when I started to become a salesperson, you know the, the, you know the salespeople that are flying in the booth in the mall? Yeah. That was, my, that was my first job straight out of college. 
And I learned it the hard way that, you know, before I just used to think, okay, you just get a client, you present, and then you sell to them. But then I learned it the hard way before that when you do get a client and when you're not ready to answer these questions, no matter how long you're going to be staying or giving out flyers over there, you're going to lose the client if you don't know what you're talking about. So, I ko before you can sir or ma'am, you know, you can talk to me. But no, because I was selling Ayala land. I needed to know my product. I needed to connect my product to my client. I should be able to answer the difficult questions about my properties, right? And so this experience really, like all of those years of experience catering to these clients, made me realize that for you to be successful at this, it's not just selling, it's really, really knowing what your client needs to the point that if they want something bigger and you know that that's not for them, you would actually tell them that this is not something that you need now. Yes, you can afford it, but based on your needs and based on what you have told me, this is what you need. I remember now a story that I had before. It's one one now from my um, very, very important client that turned out to be Ninang of my wedding, you know, she she turned into family already. And she was one of those strangers before that told me, you know what, Kim, the main reason why I continued to uh, to deal with you is because you're the only person who declined to sell to me something more expensive. So usually when I tell my brokers or when I tell my sellers that I want this, they just give me what I want. But you were the one who told me, why are you getting this when this is what you need for now? Um, this is this is this is exactly what you want. And why are we looking for something bigger right now? And ever since that, it really um, paved a very very good career for me because she started referring me to to her friends, her family. That really um, gave a major boost to my career. And it was a it was God said that experience. It taught me really, you know, to be very very honest with your clients, to listen, to listen a lot um, before you even recommend. And recommending is another thing because once you recommend something, it's like you're putting your signature already. Yeah. To the property that you're offering them. Yeah, I think it's really good what you said about experiences, because if it wasn't for these experiences that you went through. Maybe it's it's possible that maybe you wouldn't have found your passion when it comes to real estate. But then, you know, transitioning from that, from what I just said, what what made you passionate about real estate or what made you continue to go to real estate? Because I think it's such a big jump coming, you know, having a dream of becoming a news <laughs> reporter and then real estate. Like, <laughs> what, what made you decide to get in that industry like all of a sudden? You know what? When I was 23, I wasn't really looking looking for like a long career. I am a person that wants to say because I'm happy. So I was very blessed that when uh, at that age, I had fun friends. You know, that's something that you you look for when you're that age. You know, I was there. I had um, fun friends. They wanted to have fun. They were teaching (laughs) me too. You know, they weren't boring. They were very similar to my friend's when I was in college and when I was in high school. So I felt like I was playing, you know, at that time. I was having fun. I was getting paid. So, hindi naman ako yung tipong, like, when I was like, ah, yeah, because I wanted to be successful. No, it didn't happen overnight. At that time, I was having fun. 
and I wanted to keep on having fun while I was being paid. But on my first sale, that's when I realized, okay, I think like there are a lot of people that say, that say okay, after my first sale, I'm out. I'm going to look for that dream job. But for me, when I, when I got my first sale, I was like, wow, I get this much and I only need to do this. So why can't I keep on doing this and stick here? And since I didn't have real experience in the real estate world, what I really did was the first thing I remember doing, I went to Powerbooks. I went to Powerbooks on my first, um, first commission and I bought all the sales books that I could get. I'm not really bookish. I, I'm not really bookish. <laughs> but at that time, parang I wanted to become like, I wanted to know everything that I needed to know overnight because I wanted to keep on earning that way. And, and then I got addicted. And I, I got addicted most especially when clients were saying yes to whatever what I was, I was saying. Like they were saying, you know what? That's true, Kim. Like I always tell myself, Kim, you have to tell them something that they would tell you, oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me. I don't like it when clients are saying, ah, yeah, okay, okay. Like I felt like I was challenging myself every time like my clients would not be surprised with their reaction towards what I was saying. Like, I wanted to be insightful. So I guess to answer your question, Zach, it's just really more on like, I was so hungry. I was so hungry to know more about what I was doing. I love the fact that I was so good at it because when I was in college and high school, I was a very, very average student. I wasn't really excelling so much. I was just like, you know, as I mentioned, I was just having fun. And... I didn't know the feeling of excelling in something. And on my first commission, that's when I found out like, hey, I could actually excel here and I like the feeling of it. And I wanted it to stay. And in one of the books that I read before is that success would happen just like the ability of the post stamp to stick on a letter. Well, during that time, we still had stale meal, right? So they said that for you to get to a destination, you have to have the power to stick. Or else that letter would never get to where it's gonna be. So that really stuck to me. I'm like, okay, I I want to aspire I want to aspire to be like the top salesperson here this year. That kept me going. Like I wouldn't stop until I become a top salesperson. And when it happened, my next goal was to be a sales manager. I wanted to have, have my own team. So yeah, that's where that's 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 how it really started. That's that's where everything started feeling good and being good. Yeah, yeah that story is that story is very interesting. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, once they heard that already, they're already inspired. But <laughs> for like for someone who's like let's say less than twenty years old, yeah, and they wanna like kickstart their journey in real estate. What should they do? Because from what I know, I'm not sure if this is true. You need to be a licensed broker to actually, you know, like be the middle person and sell and everything. So for someone like 20 years old and below, how can they start their journey? Uh, just like me, because yes, that's true. Right now here in the Philippines, you'd have to take up a course already. It's a two-year course of real estate management in order for you to become a broker. But if you do not have that license yet, you can actually join major developers that can teach you and you can not really just use your license, but they, they are a licensed brokerage. 
So when you work under them, just like I did before, you can sell their brand and you would become their licensed real estate person. Yeah, like an agent, like a property consultant. I would highly, highly recommend, like even for my own kids, they would always tell me, so mom, after I graduate, can I work for Goodman? I'm like, no, you have to work for Ayala Land first. You have to, <laughs> you have to learn it, not the hard way, but the real way. Because that's where you will learn the ropes. Here in Goodman, it's we know what we we know what we know now, and it's because of the experience that we got from Ayala Land and Alvio. We always credit it to that. We would never be who we are without all the things that you we went through there. So for the young people who are aspiring to know more about real estate, even before getting your licenses, work for a brand that you truly believe in, who have good products, and pray that you would get. To be under a mentor that is fully equipped or fully experienced as a salesperson because it's really different if your boss has gone through the ropes of being a seller you would learn diamond level because it's ex it's really experience that would teach you but you know i always challenge the young people let experience teach you because it's really there's no there's nothing else that would teach you the best but if if you're willing to go through the crying stages of standing there. It would teach you the value of patience. It would teach you the value of resiliency too. You know, would tell you if you have grit or not. Because I've been a sales manager, right? So after me being a property consultant for quite a while, for six years, I became a sales manager and I handled 19 years old and above. And I've seen different personalities. I know already the reaction of people na, ah, okay, this this kid will be successful. Or this kid, if he or she continues to think this way, it's either she gets a sale and leaves or, you know, just get two sales and leave because it's it's like the mindset is different. So right. I know I know the characteristics of how, of how it is. If you really want to become successful, it's really resiliency. It's, it's, wanting to learn more about the craft than making a sale it's being hungry to know how to improve yourself as, as a salesperson not to like where can i make a sale how do i do that how can i sell this it's it's more it's really more on getting to the deeper level of what you're doing yeah i'm, I'm glad you mentioned the quality of uh, the value of resiliency because to me resiliency is like when you're in, when you hit rock bottom like what else do you have to go up 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 again and again like what like what's in what's in you that can make you successful still even if you're in rock bottom right yeah because usually there's a thin line eh? sometimes when you experience uh i guess like a stunt in your career or like uh a major roadblock our tendency is always to see it as a sign oh maybe this is not for me uh oh because my so this is what my parents are telling me that I shouldn't be here because this is not for me. I've heard that too. I've my parents are for, are from the real estate world, but when I was having a hard time because I had my rough moments, they were saying, "Oh, you know what? You can actually go for your newscaster reporter dream. Don't stop doing it because no parent would like to see their kids having a hard time, right?" right. Um, but. So it's that fine line of knowing, okay, am I quitting because I'm not good at this? Or am I quitting because I don't like the feeling of not being good at it? It's different, eh? Or yeah. 
no, I'm taking that as a sign that I have to do better. And I think for me, that's resilience. Being able to withstand and see that there is actually strength in the in the hardest period of your, um, I guess, your stay in that job or whatever job it is, whether it's in real estate or in anywhere that you are, there would always be a stage that you, would make you question if you should stay or not. Yeah. So it just happened to be like a different profession, but that feeling is like an umbrella feeling for everything. Yeah. Going back to like the required skill sets that you know a real estate broker should have. I know that you should not only be you know successful in sales, but you should also know the property by heart, you should know the location what's going to be appreciating in value in the future, your clients' needs. But then I also think sales is really, really important. So, like, would you have any, like, secrets or, like, tips when it comes to sales? Because I, I watch, I don't know if you know him, but, you know, like, Grant, Grant Cardone or, like, yes. Ryan Saran. I know they'd always post about, you know, how to sell and stuff. So, yeah, would you have secrets when it comes to selling? Yeah, secrets, maybe not so secret because it's something that you could actually hear from books and podcasts and all of those things that you you watch on YouTube. You'd be like, oh, okay, so that's the, that's, the, that's the way to do it. But sometimes it's really applying everything that you hear. You know, I guess to be a very, very good salesperson is really to trust that what you hear, like if, you, if they say that you have to be good in probing, you have to know your product. All of these are tips. You know, you have to know your product. You have to represent yourself well. You have to look good. You have to be able to uh, match the needs of your clients. You should never not know what you're talking about. But, you know, they sound so easy. But knowing, really applying all of the things that you read in books or you see in the audiobooks is another thing. Because these, th- these require time. This, these also require for you to keep on making mistakes and learning from it because there's really no other way. Uh, the real best way is to get out there, talk to a client on the phone, and then learn from your stumbles and then make sure that the next time that you do it again, you'd be better. It's going to a client that you know who is 100 times richer than you but still make the presentation as if you know everything more than that client who is 100 times richer than you. you know, that's, that's the best thing about real estate and that's why I guess I matured a lot because, you know, I, my products were very high-end. So, you know, the type of clients that I was meeting. I was meeting doctors, lawyers, business owners. Um, that? The people that I, I just aspire to be, you know, and I've learned a lot from them, from their life experiences, but I know that they're learning a lot from me when it comes to real estate. Yeah. And it, make, it, it makes me feel good all the time. Most especially when I was around, what, 26, 27? And I would have doctors nodding and telling me, oh, yeah, that's true. Thank you for recommending that to me. And that's like a crown already for me, right? Like, wow, a doctor or a surgeon is telling me that he learned something um, from me. And, and that's something so exciting That's uh, I, I take so much pride in that. Uh, but it takes practice for you to have that confidence to present to someone like that, right? right. 
So I guess the secret is really confidence in yourself. Uh, it's it and being confident also that it's okay to make mistakes because that's really how you learn. It's humility. It's humility because there are a lot out there. No once they experience rejection, because it's really such a hard feeling. It's something that's really hard to take. You know, we get we get rejected, but when you get rejected all the time through your calling, like a uh, part of the training of being in real estate is to do cold calling. And out of the 100 calls that you'd make, you'd be rejected 95 times. And that would be tough. But those are the no's that you need in your life. Because those are the, th- those are the no's that, that ask you, do you still want this? Because if, if at the end of the day, if you hate the feeling of being rejected, then you're not doing it right. Because you're supposed to count your no's as something that would re- that, that's part of your badge. Like, okay, how am I going to handle this no? Can I turn this into a yes? You know, and if I can't turn that to a yes, how will I start to call again the next time? It's learning. Like, maybe... There's a baby in There's a baby. There's a baby cat. Hello. Okay, and let's go up. So, you know, as I, was, as I was talking and I was thinking about the question that you really asked, like, what's the secret? It's really loving the pain in the process. And for me, that was my personal secret too. That if I don't accept the process now, and I'm always just looking at the goal, it's not going to be like a fruitful journey for me. Because what, every sale, that's the only time that I'd be happy. And that can't be. Because, you know, there are more no's than the yeses in my... Like, even if at that time, like, I was given... Like, God gave me such a good career. And even if I was really, you know, part of the top... I cringe even just, like, saying this. But, you know, like, the top seller at the time or even the top manager at the time. For example, I made, like, 40 to 45 sales that year. I'm sure I had, like, 500 no's. Plus the 45 sales, right? I don't want to be happy just 45 times that year. I have to be happy the whole time. Like the whole, the, the whole, the whole time that I was doing that. So if I, if I, I turned my, I turned everything into like a, an experience. I wanted to make sure that for every client that I presented to, I'd go out there and say, okay, what happened there and why didn't the client get? What could I have done better? And then I try to do it better the next time around. And that's what I try to teach when I became a sales manager. But that's hard to teach. Because even if it's like, it's so inspiring to hear it now. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. But when you're out there, when you're in sales, the punches happen every day. The punches happen every day. And that's why it's no surprise that when you talk to a salesperson, they seem so inspiring because these are the ones that really rolled through the punches. These okay. guys, the successful ones in real estate or even in sales or any in any sales industry, they are the top ones, the top guns. Because for them to be successful, they have been rejected maybe 500 times more than their success. So that's why they're so inspirational to, to, to listen to yeah, and I, I I agree with everything you said because that's what we also want to tell the followers of the clubhouse. Like you have to embrace failure and learn, learn, learn over and over again. Like 
we can, like I can guarantee all everyone's idol like let's say in business or in real estate or any other industry none of them are successful if they didn't go through failure like everyone I'm sure and I can guarantee that they went through you know tough times they like what you said received so much no's more than yes probably 99 no's and one yes and you know that that's really I think the cycle of life like you have to keep learning and be curious about you know the things around you and how to overcome those failures so in, in terms of real estate what are some failures that you've experienced that you know besides getting no's and more no's than yeses that probably those who are aspiring to be in real estate will also experience are currently experiencing uh, there are a couple of situations that pop into mind around on my first year that when a certain client asked me a question about I think it was a math related question about like something about um, how much how much is this in dollars or something like that yeah. but at that time I didn't know how to compute pa or I was so new I think I was on my third month and it was such a major error that that client was preaching to me for an hour like telling me if I should quit my job because I do, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. And I remember I remember looking at that client, and I wanted to run out and say, "Okay, I'm gonna quit this job after this." I remember that. Uh, yeah, that's 2006. Because I was so humiliated, so humiliated that like it was such a simple question, I couldn't even answer it well. It was one of my first ten presentations, and it was actually, um, you know. And because that client was so legit, like he was really, he was really asking the good questions and the good questions are usually the hard ones. And he was telling me, you know, uh, I went here and I wanted to talk to someone who was good and who could answer all my questions. And then why, why were you the one given to me? And, and as I said, I wanted to quit that day, but I realized that if I quit that day, then I would have proven to that person that I wasn't really uh, the best person to have helped him, you know, I can't be in this, in this job. Like I'm not going to allow anyone. It's my fault though. You know, I could have done better. I know if I, if I, um, learned about my, my product better then I would have been able to answer his question. So it's not entirely him. It's me too. So it's ha- having that humility and saying, you know what? I really, I, th- that really didn't do well, but I can do better. So there would be, um, like, what was your question again, Miguel? Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my question yeah, was, yeah, did what I would, answer it? Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. So there are a lot, there are a lot of that. It's, it's, it's going to a pre- presentation unprepared, but those are the vital presentations that really taught me the next time that I will, I'm going to that client, I want to wow them. I want to make sure that I would go above and beyond and show them everything. So I was known before to have like the best sales kits. Like I would have stickers on them. I would put like post-its on them on why they're the best. I I memorized like even how big the floor areas are and why this one is just 300,000 peso more, more expensive than the other one because of its orientation. Like I like dissecting all of the projects and not really because I wanted to know all of those things but I wanted the client to know hey this person is the person that I should be talking to 
because she has all of these trivias about these properties. So she seems like she knew everything. So that was my weapon of choice before when I was a seller. If you saw me around 2006, 2008, at that time, BGC wasn't born yet. It was still yeah. I had this really big, and I still have it now. I show it to my sellers all the time to inspire them who I was before. And I would show them these really thick clear box with all floor plans. And I had notes. I had stickers. I had every single trivia about that project. And that was like my black book. So every time that I would open it, I have a conversation opener to all the clients. Like, hey, what's that? And I, I, I just remembered now. I remember I, I brought that clear book and then a client of mine saw it and and saw a floor plan that had a star in it. She like, oh, why, why, why does this unit have a star? And I, I told him, oh, because that's my favorite unit. That's my favorite unit for so many reasons. And that day, he actually got that unit, and it's a true, it's a true story. He he wanted he wanted to get a two bedroom at first, but that favorite unit was a penthouse unit in the He's like, you know what? You've convinced me. Even if, it, if this is like so and so million more expensive, those things you have mentioned are actually so important, and this is what I'm looking for. And these are the stories that kept me going. You know, um, from the from that very hard presentation of not knowing something to getting myself to know everything. I wouldn't get there if if I allowed myself to get defeated, to be to feel defeated also during that time. It's still very fresh in my mind, and I'm so so grateful for that client who had the balls to tell me that I was so bad. Because not everyone would do that. They would right. some would just smile. And say, okay, thank you. Next, you know, and just ask for the for the next salesperson out there because we're just so much like salespeople. We're hundreds, we're hundreds, like more than two hundred even. But that person took time to tell me that I was bad. So yeah, yeah, I really admire how it was really through your experiences where you really, you know, unlocked this specific work ethic that you had in real estate because it it's really what kept you going, like. A lot of people, they would go through failure and they would say, okay, this isn't for me. And they would quit right away. But I think it's when you still find that determination in yourself, despite all the failures that you go through. That's I think that's when you'll become successful. Because, yeah, like what you said, it's through the failures where you learn and learn and learn and, learn and keep learning. So I think with that, uh, we talked a lot. we talked a lot about you know, what it takes to become a real estate broker. But I want to talk about real estate investing now. Because I would talk to my friends, you know, about investing and it's usually like stocks, crypto, all those types of things. And then I would talk about real estate. And I, I remember the first thing that would come up in their mind is, oh no, that's too expensive. I'll probably do that, you know, in the long run. But I remember when I interned for Goodman, I think it was Noel that had a story that she invested when she was still really young. Yeah. So that told me that it was it was doable, and I'm actually interested also because I know real estate is one of, if not the safest investment, because it's always gonna be around, unlike stocks. So yeah, what are your tips when it comes to investing in real estate? Well, well, I wanted to add earlier, no, that it's not just the experience that made me also want to be better. 
but because of the returns also that this hard work was um, giving to me. Like I do when I did well in real estate, it paid me well. So uh, these things kept me going because I came, I started as uh, a fresh college graduate, still living with parents, less than 5,000 pesos to my name. I had no car. My parents made me commute. You know, I had to commute from my house in Kainta before all the way to Makati every single day. And when I was doing well on my first year, that was the time that I was able to buy not just myself a car, but my parents too. I was able to um, move out of my house to get, well, at the time I started renting an apartment also, and I was able to travel the age of 25 with my own money. And my, I was able to buy, you know, those bags that I was aspiring to, to buy. At the time it was Louis Vuitton. I wanted to buy my first Louis Vuitton <laughs> in Paris. Like wow. I wanted to buy a brand new one. So when we had like a, an incentive trip, we, when we went to Paris, I wanted to have those pictures with my back. So I was one of those, like, you know, I was, of course, I wanted to experience um, living the life or having all of these things, right? Because if you could get those while doing your job, why not? And enjoy it. And I really enjoyed the first four to five years of my career. Not until a client talk to me that client that i was telling you a while ago the, my very important client and she was telling me you know what kim one could never trust you in investing if you don't have investments yourself because you need to prove that you believe in your product and seeing that you look successful already you have your own car you have those jewelry you have those bags but if you're still renting or living with your parents, uh, you might regret it because you know already in the name of the game, you know what the best investments are. Why why aren't you investing? And she was the one who told me, you don't have, if you're looking at a 5 million investment, you don't have to have that 5 million now. You have to, you have to uh, look at it as if you just have to have the down payment in the first two years because you're young. So at that time, it was 26, 27. You're young. You would keep on earning more and more and more uh, as you grow older at least until the age of 40 because you'd get promoted you'd learn from your mistakes you'd always it's like a natural way of life you know you'd still you'd keep on improving so if you're going to start investing now the third year and fourth year would be taken care of as long as the first two years you can and that's when i started with surrender at the time uh, 2009, Surrender was selling for four million for a studio unit, but it was selling for three hundred thousand down payment and ten thousand a month. At that, on those years, of course, I was I was scared. I was scared because I had to let go, let go of half a million for down payment. I had that at the time, but I didn't have the four million on hand. But I had five hundred thousand and a short ten thousand a month income. I was sure to have that for the next two years. And so I jumped the gun. Because one thing that you need to know, what's the location of your condominium? If all the, that at that time, there was no SM Aura yet. No, there was no SM Aura. Oh my gosh, that's so long ago. Or it was just about, I mean, there was an idea of SM being there. So it was being yeah. built. Market Market was there. There were no other condos aside from like Ayala and Mega World properties. But, uh, Uptown Mall wasn't there yet. 
uh, hotels. What are the new ones there? But the, the new ones are not there yet. And so you have to believe in the development because when there is development, there is progress and price would continue to increase. You have to believe in the brand because if the brand is after you, um, they wouldn't just keep on developing for the sake of their profit, but they want to make sure that your properties are just enough so that your when you try to rent out your property, they won't be fighting against each other. It's just like more, it, it's just, there's a good ratio between the population in that city and the developments in that city as well. So that's what happened to Surrender. I I invested around 3.5, 3.8 million but with a down payment. And now that studio unit of mine is estimated around 9 million this year. So it has grew 300%, and I have been earning from it around 40,000, 45,000 in rent ever since it was turned over to me 2015. Yeah. It has been giving me income, and that is the first out of the 11 properties that we have invested in. And these are all Ayala land properties. So, and none of these properties we got through cash, all of them. We, we we asked for a good payment structure, payment option, and then we just jumped right into it. Because yeah. I have I have a lot of friends also my age that didn't start investing, and until now they don't have investments yet. And it's so it's really all about trusting your gut. You know, pray about it first, first and foremost. Trusting your gut, know the right payment options for you, and believe that you can. Because there would always be that scare factor. Until now, even if I feel like, you know, quote unquote, we made it, there would always be that, can we do this? But yeah. you have to love that feeling because that feeling would be the one that would wake you up every time you want to be lazy, you know, and not do anything new with your career and your job. Parang, okay, I have a big down payment coming up next year. I have to do something right this year so that I won't have to, you know, it keeps you on your toes. And yeah. that's what me and my husband told each other. We're going to be, be our one last, one last property to go and we're done. After that, because, you know, there would be eight more years of paying that out. We don't want to keep on paying until, we want to, we want to stop paying when we're, when we turn 50. We're done. And then when we're 50, then we can just earn from all the rentals coming from these properties or by flipping them. So until then, I feel like, you know, I'm 39. I still feel young. So I still have energy and youth <laughs> to keep on investing in these properties and just really um, earn from them and enjoy them yeah. when it's time for us to retire early. So yeah, invest now. While yeah. you guys are still young, <laughs> once you start, once you start having your own job, and there's a good payout or there's a, like a good salary, it's very tempting for you to spend. But you know, my best advice really is to spend it first. You have to enjoy. You have to travel. You have to at least for your first two years, fine. Save maybe twenty percent on your third year. Save eighty percent. Because I feel like I didn't naman um, miss out on too much. I traveled the world a lot in the first the first two to three years of my career. And that's why it was very well for me to lie low on the latter part of my career because I enjoyed this. So that would be one of my top three advice. 
Yeah, those are, those were really good advices. But I would like to shout out um, a follower. She has one more question. Uh, her question it's from RX Kona, and her question is: How much is the average land price in the country, and what's a good location? Average land price. You know, here in the Philippines, you know, naman that there's like um, a great, great difference between high end and low end property. And sometimes when you're looking in Taguig, you can look at 400,000 per square meter if you're looking right in the heart of BGC. And then there's also 30,000 per square meter. It depends on if you're looking at the outskirts. So it's a pretty, pretty uh, wide. Uh, range, but if you're going to ask me if you want to start investing, it may be too late if you want to invest in Makati if you're young now. So you have to invest now in the south because, like, where I was before, BGC was not a popular city. People were asking you, Are you going to invest in Surrender when you can invest in Makati um, at that time? Because I believed in BGC. So you have to believe in the city that you're investing in. And there are a lot of cities in the South worth investing in, like New Valley, like in Santa Rosa. Yeah. yeah, New Valley. Like New Valley before, I started selling that at 7,000 and per square meter. And now yeah. they're at 30 plus thousand per square meter already. Some go up to 40,000 already. And this is just seven year gap. Huh? Yeah. So when they say, huh, 40,000, it's too late. No, because in Alabang, look how much it is now. During right. my time, Miguel, in Ayala, Alabang, that was just 17,000 per square yeah. meter. And that was 2007. That's not so long <laughs> ago. And now it can reach up to like 100,000 and more. Yeah. Right? So New Valley, still, New Valley is still rising. Um, you wouldn't want to get somewhere like too far from development because at your age, you know, in the next five to eight years, you'd want to enjoy it already. So New Valley would be the perfect city for you to invest in that's not not but too late you can still yeah. look around depends on what size also that I you heard want to get arca south i remember yeah, arca south is arca yeah. south is very good too but you know arca south has expensive 400 percent yeah. already since we launched it around 2014 but there but you know what now because of the pandemic uh, well, one of the good things about investing in real estate is invest where invest when no one's investing, because it only means because real estate would always be good. It's like a blue chip company because real estate is the earth. It's land, you know. It never grows old. It would never grow old. So sometimes, like during this time, people are not buying because they're scared. But there are a lot of sharks buying already. They are the ones that are buying now because the payment schemes are so good. It's so good now. There are properties right now that I wasn't, I can't afford two years ago because the down payment was so huge. But now there are payment terms that have no down payment. We actually just purchased one because there was a no down payment option. It was the only way for us to afford the property. Scary, yes, but we believe that the pandemic will end. You know, you as an investor, you have to have that foresight because you, you can't always say, nah, it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad, so I'm just going to be safe. Because safe is not always the best way to think if you are an investor. You have to, you know... You have to believe in it. Yeah, you have to believe in it. It's not really a gamble. It's a safe gamble. You just yeah. have to wait on it because it's always a long-term investment. Anyway. Yeah. 
with with everything you mentioned, you mentioned so much stories, so much value, so much insights in the real estate world. What is one advice out of everything that you said that you'd like to leave off here in the clubhouse? Just one. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. (laughs) Advice? Okay, advice for everyone is to just really love the process. You know, you have to love your weaknesses. You have to accept it. Accepting your weaknesses doesn't mean that you're going to relax in them. It's knowing them and turning it into your strength. Because one of my leaders would say that you are your weakness, your strength. Wait, what was it that again? <laughs> I, I would always use it. Uh, you're all. You're you're only as strong as your greatest. So that would always be your kryptonite. So if you do not concentrate on your weakness. That would be the one that would keep you, keep you loop, could keep you from winning. So, for example, if your weakness is like talking to strangers, but you're good in like um, calls, but you don't, you're not good with like talking like person to person. So you'd stick to calling because you're good at it, but that's still limiting you. Instead, accept that. Get mentors that would teach you and own it. And that's loving your weaknesses. That's that's accepting it because all of us are never born without one. And when you're there, be humble, be humble, yeah. and really reach out. Still ask for help. Thank your mentors. Thank the people that has helped you because these people would be your community. They would be the ones that would help you. They'd be the ones that would that they're the ones that make you who you are in this industry. And third is to just really enjoy it. Enjoy the enjoy the process, accept the process, and have fun. Have fun with it. No job I think you can stick to if you're not having fun with it. You know? So you just have to look for that. overwork, because overwork will burn you out. So keep that, keep it fun, know your weakness, and Enjoy the process. That would be my best advice for everyone. And I mean that, that from the bottom of my heart through my experiences. All right, everybody, you heard it, you heard it here first. Enjoy the process <laughs> from Kim Gatdula Prado. So, yes, thank you very much, Kim. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners got so much value from this. I myself learned a lot from about real estate, about what it takes to you know, invest and be a real estate broker. Because it's actually one of the things in the back of my mind. Like, maybe I can be, or I'd, I'd want to be a real estate, you know, broker in the future. But I'm still not sure. I'm still, you know, in the business side. Trust the process. Trust Just the, the process. Pro- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enjoy the process, man. Come on. <laughs> and real estate is so fun. Because like, as I mentioned, the world is your playground. You would never run out of products i would always tell people how can you how how can you be how can you not love this it's like every time like when you need something you just have to look out there and say okay i'll sell that (laughs) you know you don't have to even produce anything you always just have to improve yourself so yeah i'd like everyone to really to really look into this uh business 
to look into this profession. It's such a good and fun profession also. Yes, there are a lot of salespeople out there, but you can always be the best version of yourself as a, a salesperson in, in this country. You know, it's not about, ah, there's so many, there's so many people who are doing this. It's not about that. It's about wanting to be the best version of salesperson that you can be and using, using all your God-given skills. Yeah. so that you can be the best so thank you too you know i had so much fun it's always fun to talk about all the experiences i had i think i just scratched the surface there's like five percent of all my experience <laughs> but we would have time again next time to talk about this yeah, hopefully definitely. in person yeah before before we end kim would you like to shout out uh your social media or goodman where to find goodman and everything or maybe if you know people can intern or work there who are interested. Yeah. Um, well, right now we are open to uh, internships. So for those who would want to learn more about it, real estate, you can just message me. What's my Instagram account? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my my personal Instagram account is Kim Gatula Prado. Uh, but you can also DM us at Goodman Prime Properties. We have it on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's at Goodman Prime. Yeah. So you would see our website there. Our website is www.goodman.com.ph. And even, oh, even email me at kim at goodman.com.ph if you want to know more about how you can work with us. Yeah. We'd be happy to accommodate you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. And to everyone who would like to intern. Zach and I can guarantee because we've interned there before. We learned so much from the best of the best. And we were inspired all the way. <laughs> Fun times, guys. Fun we enjoyed time. the process. You, we enjoyed yeah. <laughs> you, you, help, you, help, you helped us a lot improve our, uh, our digital footprint yeah. and our Instagram. So you guys helped us a lot. And we've, we have improved. So we need more help in that. So you guys who are good with your digital advertising, hit us up. Let's help each other. (laughs) Yeah, let's help each other grow. So again, thank you so much, Kim. We appreciate it. We learned so much. To everyone listening, don't forget to like, comment, and share the Clubhouse to your friends and family. If you guys like this episode, share it because we're going to have episode number two if you guys want. And again, this is the Clubhouse Podcast. My name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. (laughs) See you next Saturday at 2 p.m. As always. (laughs) 